boxers with boxy or briefs with brand. Hey everybody, welcome to Stat Check episode 52, yearly stat checkup, where I apparently do this scuffed introduction of nonsense. Good job. Um, I don't know, guys. Uh, but yeah, welcome to this week's episode. As you can see, there's no Innis, but I am joined by Anthony, Violence Vanilla, and Jeremy, also known as Curie. Uh, so yeah, I guess we just can just get judge. into it. Yeah, just a judge. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you can really say just a judge for judges at 40K <laughs> tournaments, but sure. Especially after we've seen people try to like espionage style flush some weighted dice down toilets and stuff like that at this point. Um, but True. how how was your week, Anthony? Um, my weekend was pretty good. We had a Team USA practice weekend. It was lots of fun. Got to do all sorts of secret covert ops national security things. Um there wasn't anything else that was super duper interesting besides that. Uh, it was a good time. It was great seeing everybody. Um, got another one again in two weeks, like when lists become public. Um, so we can get some practice, or, you know, on the refined versions of our list in person. Uh, a little bit of team camaraderie before we ship off to Europe and try and win. Yay. Um, but yeah, that was fun. Had a good time. Uh, I had to play 10th, so that part sucked. But aside from that, everything else was good. How about you, Jeremy? Uh, I had a good weekend. Um, let's see. Saturday was another RTT. We're doing them every single week till WTC, basically. Uh, and then Sunday was a practice day with Francois, just basically putting his army through the ringer. Um, yeah, that was about it. I've been kind of on and off sick for a few weeks, so I've been trying to take it a little bit easier, knowing that WTC is going to practically kill me. I say that as... I also am getting ready to fly out Thursday morning to Seattle. I was going to say, Tacoma is the easy money. WGC is what's going to kill you. <laughs> Are you playing War Masters again? Uh, of course I am. So, yeah, that's going to be... You're going to be riding the struggle bus to... <laughs> <laughs> See, the difference is, this time I'm going with War Masters knowing what I expect out of it. Last time it was a... Oh, this is my first time. Let's see what happens. Let's um, see. But yeah, this is, this is very much a... Let's just take it easy. <laughs> cool. Nathan? I two games of 10th edition now. One with uh, Imperial Knights and one with GSC, which was a nice. terrible, terrible thing to do to some poor person, but such is life. Yeah. Um, now I'm fa finalizing my list for Capital Clash in just a couple of weeks, which is definitely just me deciding that it's okay to play Eldar in order to try to get a, a golden ticket to go to the Atlanta Championships, basically. Horrible! <laughs> so this, this week and next week, I will be practicing a whole bunch of Eldar nonsense with and without Wraith Knights to kind of figure out kind of what I want to play. Um, but I don't know. 
I'm going to be chatting with Ennis later this week to kind of figure out like a finalized version of that list and what I'm going to borrow from a bunch of people um, in Canada in order to play it. So that's kind of what's going on right now. Other than that, my work is real, real noisy because they're apparently digging some kind of supervillain lair next to my office. So I guess watch out for that in the future. Yeah, I'm also doing War Masters. So, but I have no idea what I'm going to do for War Masters yet or who I'm going to try to grab an army from in order to play in War Masters. I mean, just staple one together through everyone else's armies. It'd be really funny to just play it all mishmashed. And <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'll just grab one of the nations that forbids their players from playing in War Masters and just borrow one of the, their WTC lists. For the sure, you could like. just borrow Anthony's list then. You could. Yeah. In theory, I'll just borrow mine. <laughs> Watch It'll work because you won't know how to play it because you won't know. have to it in the lead up. <laughs> I know. I'll just show up and Anthony will just hand me a fucking box. And he'll be like, good luck. Yeah. Custodies aren't that hard. You'll be okay. Yeah, that's fine then. We can talk about it later. I'll talk to people later. There's been too much trying to figure out just the stuff for Clash. So I haven't even thought about. I'll borrow your list, David. You want me to borrow your WTC list? Sure. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, I don't really want to talk about stats this week. But... I'm going to talk about week <laughs> because even though they make me horrifically sad all the time. Um, so, yeah, apparently I'm just going to borrow David's army is apparently what YouTube chat has decided. I don't know what David, what you're bringing or how, how that's going to work out, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> just slide into my DMs and detail it. Um, Gene Steeler Colts real good is basically my summary. Um, Eldar not fixed. Uh, the, those are the two pieces of advice and summary of my conclusions from the data that I'm going to present to you today. Uh, Gene Steeler Colt won 75% of their games this weekend. 40% uh, of them had a 4-0 start. They won two out of the six events that were using both the balance and points. So there were nine events over the weekend, but only six of them were using both the balance patch and points changes that GW released which I will say is actually a really nice thing to see because that came out on what Wednesday or Thursday, something like that, late in the cycle. Yeah, like it came out real late in the cycle. Uh, yeah, it came out on the fifth, which was last Wednesday. Um, so like that, you take that into consideration. TGX, which was the largest event of the weekend, they were a ninety-person GT. They were handing out a golden ticket along with airfare to Atlanta for whoever won the event. Yeah. Um, and they approached it when they found out that something was coming out. They basically said, list deadline's Friday at 10, 10 p.m. We're going to leave lists hidden until then, and you can just continually edit until then. Yep. Which actually is quite gutsy, because it was like the largest event of the weekend as well, right? Yeah, like I said, it was 90, it was a 91st event. It was the largest event of the weekend. It was a six-round event. Uh, and they had you know a, a, quite the big prize riding on the... Uh, uh, on the line there. And then the second biggest event of the weekend, which was Salt City, only adopted the um, the FAQ change for Eldari, which was the, the once per phase fate dice. However, they also started on Friday, so they had like a day less to work with because yeah. uh, they were running a seven-round event. Uh, yeah. They also were a golden ticket event. Eldari took it pretty tough at that event, so it's fair. D didn't they end up like second through like fifth at that event? They didn't win it. 
Yeah. It's true. They did not win it. <laughs> there wasn't every single army at that also like six and one and Imperial Knights won by points or something like that. I can't remember so, the for that event. So that's that's a fun one. And I'm actually going to pull it up because I can't remember the exact number. Actually, I'm not going to. I'm just going to talk about it because I've already talked to death about this before talking <laughs> to other people. Um, that event used um, wins and then OGW as the placing metric and then battle points, which is the recommended placing metrics for from in the Leviathan Tournament Companion. What that meant was, is Stephen Crawley finished in first, and he beat Brad Chester. They both went six and one. They both had quite the strong strength of schedule and all of that. Their OGW differed by 0.01%. And that was what decided who won the event. That's what you... OGW might as well just be like friends made along the way as a. <laughs> well, you like, are cheering for your opponents for the rest of the weekend. So, yes, it is. No, no, I meant like, yeah, I just tried to make up something ridiculous, like stories told in the fourth battle round. Like, I just, yeah, I hate that method. You want your opponents to do well the rest of the weekend, so you build them up even after you've crushed them. I mean, I want and them you, to do that anyway. And you hope that they don't drop. Well, in an ideal world, they drop if it's percentage, right? Because it has a floor. So your first and second round, if they're not going to maintain at least like a 35% win rate, you want them to just leave? Well, it doesn't matter. There's always a floor on OGW regardless of how you perform. If you go That's 0 and 6, it still it's still, it still counts as you going 2 and 6. That's what I'm, Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah, I was the, say, the, 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 math, just... the math in BCP uses the same math that Magic uses, which actually corrects for the skewing that happens when you have people that have really low records. Gotcha. I was hoping, <laughs> like, I, oh, you almost rather it be the other way, where it's like, yeah. if you get... They've also it... corrected it from my understanding. Again, I don't know the full internals of BCP. I just know that I've done the calc myself and compared it to theirs, and it's consistent. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how they handle um, drops. But usually they do a weighted average. So if someone went like one and two in a six-round event and then dropped, they count as having gone two and four. Right. Or someone goes two and one and drops, they count as having gone four and two, etc. Uh, but yeah, that okay. event in the top ten, six of them were Eldari. <laughs> one of them was Imperial Knights, one of them was Chaos Knights, one of them was Space Marines, and one of them was Black Templars. And now I'm going to finalize the terrifying story that is Gene Steeler Colts because we only got part of the way through. Somehow, um, they had a four percent meta representation over the weekend, which is really the only silver lining of this terrible situation. Uh, they had an overrep of 5.5, which is just hilarious, like moonshot numbers. Like it's caused in part small sample size, only six events, but still it's wild. But still, yeah, 5.5 is huge. It is inflated by their lower meta representation, but they're not the lowest meta representation faction of the weekend. All right, poor but they are doing real good and probably are. I wouldn't be surprised to see GW emergency patch something if this continues much longer. Just because a 75% win rate faction just really shouldn't exist in the game. Although, in second place, even after a patch, we have a 72% win rate faction, uh, which is Crash World Eldar. I miss... Who made up... Sorry, I was going to say, I miss when we could just be like, well, at least GSC is hard to play. You know? That was nice. <laughs> at least it's less likely they're cheating with their rules now. I don't think that's true. 
think it might actually be even more true, like more possible because it's easier to make mistakes with some of these rules, I think, than it is with other ones. Like when I was playing the army over the weekend, I was like, man, you can make so many mistakes so easily with this faction. And a lot of them can definitely be in your favor. Real easy. Like the Nexos thing for the two, if you try to use the two CP stratagem and stuff like that, like that, which I yeah. thought of and learned later, you shouldn't and cannot do that. Right. So there are yeah, definitely yeah, like layers of errors you can make that make the armory even better. Yeah, exactly. David, that's what I'm saying is that it used to be hard to play. It is certainly not anymore. Also, I, I mean, maybe this is a good question for Jeremy just right now. If you bring in a unit from Deep Strike or Reinforcements and somebody overwatches it and they kill, like, say, 7 out of 10 of your Acolytes, mm -hmm. can you then, because it's still in the Reinforcement steps, regenerate that unit onto an objective? I thought Neophytes were the only ones that regen. Do Acolytes regen, too? Yeah, they can. They both do with the Icon. Oh, because yeah, because they can both take the Icon. Um, So, the reality is... WTC has had to rule on this. And WTC has had to rule on very few things this edition because things are actually quite clear. The balance is whack, but the rules are pretty well written. Um, I was I got into a fun conversation with Lim earlier today where he said, with the core rule book and the designer commentary, you can answer almost anything. Almost. Almost. Um, almost. But the, that, that specific issue with the GSC coming up, being Overwatch, losing models, and then resurrecting them, it you technically can't place them because the rule for adding units to adding models to a unit states that it has to be in coherency with models that started the phase on the board. Cool. Could that should still, work like they that. Could, they should still be able to add in coherency. You can do that. I don't, I don't think they should be able to start, start on the board. They shouldn't be able to add new ones at all. I think it's like, it's a, such a massive GSC buff that they're allowed to do that. It's like, did you wipe they don't literally the entire squad? No? Okay. Bomb. Well, you can't do it in WTC. You so. can. Uh, you can in WTC. WTC oh, has actually ruled to make it work. Oh, Outside of WTC, no. it does not work. Like, you okay. cannot legally set up the models anywhere because the unit was not on the table. <laughs> at the beginning of the phase. Um, so I, I WTC basically said like... what you do is you leave the models where they are, and when you add them back in, you say it's here, it's here, it's here, it's here, where the models originally were. That definitely does feel like a, a spot where they wrote the rules very poorly. Yep. Also, I ca can I say that while I think the like no, Trajan David. situation with modifiers of weapons for minus one damage is clear once you read both of the things like very closely that they could have just outright said a few like much more succinct lines to make it clear that it modifies those kinds of things mm -hmm. instead they wrote like a paragraph of jargony nonsense but otherwise the rose commentary is like really good there are just some a few weird spots where shit gets kind of weird and kind of ridiculous real fast yeah. People asking me for a rules question for the actual like location of it? No. 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 The the rule is the, the 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 title of the rule is adding is something along the lines of adding models back to a unit. Um look for that in the core rules. It's in there. And now to finish the Eldar story for the day. 
Uh, unlike Gene Steeler Colts, where only like a half dozen people play Gene Steeler Colts at like the top tier competitive play because they own the army. Uh, there are Eldar everywhere and they make up 10% of the meta, which makes them the most common single book faction. Um, make up 11% index. of the meta. Yeah. Evam is <laughs> 10, but they're probably 11. Uh, 72% win rate. 11% of them go 4 0. Two event wins. So the same number of event wins as Gene Steeler Colts. Uh, and then a 2.85 over rep ratio, which is still wildly good. Um, anything over two is amazing and unbalanced. Uh, hint, hinting towards three is terrible for game balance, basically. So there you go. In third place from the weekend, we have Thousand Sons who shot up quite a bit. Uh, they were at a 58% win rate. They had one event win. They made up about 4% of the meta and had a three for overrep. Uh, this is one of those situations where I think it's just weekly data combined with small sample size more than anything else. While we've seen Gene Steeler Colt like, do well, basically all of Leviathans are all 10th edition. Um, Thousand Sons have kind of been up and down a little bit. Not really, no. I thought they haven't been in the top five, though, have they, for last week? Mm, yeah. If you actually look at all of the data together, oh. T-Suns are number four. Are they number four now? Yeah. Daldari, GSC, Imperial Knights, Thousand Sons, Death Watch are the top five. Uh, for that's because they're in the middle of the range, I see. That's just what it is. Yeah, they're they're right on the edge there. It depends on what happens over the next couple of weeks, but they're, they're definitely an army to keep mm -hmm. an eye on. Uh, Black Templars is next for the weekly data. 57% win rate. No overrep to speak of because they didn't really place, make up 2% of the meta. So a very small number of people playing that faction. Uh, Imperial Knights are rounding out the top five. 55% win rate. 9% of the meta. They did win an event, which we talked about just a few minutes ago. Uh, and they have a 0 0.96 for meta representation. So perfectly balanced. Also, I believe that was actually a separate event that they won because uh, Salt City did not use the changes. Oh, that's right. You're right. It was the uh, fourth GT Coliseum Marciano uh, in Spain that was won by them. They ran Imperial Knights as well. There it is. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what their actual name is because they go by OU in BCP. O-U-X-T-M. And I refuse to look up their name because I just find that hilarious because they haven't changed the name in BCP in two years. <laughs> Uh, after that, we have Necrons at a 54% win rate, Death Watch at a 53, and then CSM at a 53. And then because people keep asking for it, in, or at least one person asked for it in chat, Death Guard, we're at a 31% win rate. Uh, they're Not the worst the game. Not the worst. No, we'll get there. They had 1% meta representation, which is real low. Um, Leagues of Votan also at 31%. 2% meta representation, and then Grey Knights were the worst faction of the week at 25% win rate, 1% of the meta for representation. No, that was only eight games. Yeah, it's like two people, probably. <laughs> it is two people. Yeah, it's two players. It's not... Let's, like, let's not draw conclusions about Grey Knights' balance situation. Um, if you crawl out of there, um, Dark Angels were at a 33% with eight players. And then Drukari, we're at a 34% with uh, six players. And for some reason, I have a feeling that Skari played 
Drukari over the weekend and went like five and one or something like that. Scary right? did go five and one, so he is skewing that uh, that win rate. <laughs> He's definitely pushing because that win rate in a you direction. had two players that didn't win a game. You had one person that won one game, and you had two people that won two games. And then he went five and one. Yep, oh. definitely pulling the whole faction along with him out of the dumpster, <laughs> kicking and screaming <laughs> by himself. Um. So Ella Wizzle did ask a question in the super chatted it as well. So thank you. Wizzle is overrep a meaningful statistic at the moment as so few factions accrue overrep. It isn't, isn't. It helps illustrate the situation that two factions are basically absorbing all of the overrep into themselves. Because even a faction like Eldari, who have high meta representation, also have a high overrep. Um, it's a little hard this early, especially just post a balance patch, to make like huge conclusions or like concrete conclusions although you can take the data from the previous patch and then look at the current patch and be like things are kind of still the same but there yeah. still aren't there's still haven't been that many events either to make but you can also use overrep to look at an look at two armies that are similar in in representation right now so like necrons and knights they mm -hmm. both have about the same win rate they both have about the same play percentage but necrons are top fouring twice as often as knights yeah I think the other conclusion that you can draw from it is when a bunch of factions just have zero for overrep, that that also just tells you a story, right? Yeah. It isn't great for comparing the bottom to the bottom, but it is great for telling you the story that shit is broke. And sorry, Jeremy, I kind of no, talked ahead. over you there. Um, yeah, it really, it tells you the story that everything is broken uh, pretty badly right now. That, that's definitely what it tells you guys. So those are the stats. I don't really know what else to tell people. Um, we'll wait to make some better conclusions over the next couple of weeks to see if there is an impact from the data slate um, as we get more numbers because six events isn't a lot of events. But uh, if I was a betting person, I would almost picture Gene Steeler Colt flirting with an 80% win rate. We may see that happen. We'll see if they beat Harlequins to the 80% win rate from peak Harlequins. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I have a fun stat. Something that we were talking about a little bit earlier in one of our discussions. Um, Vader, tell me it's going to be okay, Nathan. <laughs> I mean, we might be okay eventually. So what I want to say is that GW put out a balance patch. It wasn't enough. But they addressed doing things. a concern and tried to do something about it. I'm hoping that the data coming out showing that they did not fix things means that they come out with another patch between now and October so that we're not waiting three months in doldrums of two to three factions absorbing like all of the event wins before fixing things in a day of slate. Um, I mean, I kind of hope we're not... that that go ahead, Anthony. We're not going to get like a data slate, right? We're going to get like some point shift in. It's going to be a little bit of creative mm -hmm. accounting to try to resolve mechanical problems. Yeah. I mean, it's possible they make some rules changes and some of the more of the things get fixed. Um, but it's also very likely that they just try to patch stuff like the guy in the meme trying to smack uh, duct tape onto a leaking container full of water. Yep. Uh, points changes, trying to stop that leak. But how do you point infinitely respawning neophyte and acolyte units appropriately? Do you like triple their points? And Kazu does, does make a good point because there is always the risk 
not saying it's necessarily a good risk or not, but watch them overdo the new patch and murder those factions. I think What's... that you could flat remove the respawn mechanic from GSC, like, entirely, and they would their win rate would go down, like, 4%. I'd say 5 or 6, but yeah, it would not be enough to do it. It's not even close. Like, <laughs> so the main secondary, fuck, even tertiary problem with that army knock phantasm and the three inch deep strike to two cp and once per game and maybe we can have a conversation about those armies having points increases changing them i like both those changes yeah i also think that like factions that cannot be balanced just need to be bad like in this situation i'm sorry eldar and gene stealer cult players but your win rate is so high and is skewing so much of the meta like so hard into two factions that unfortunately, in order for 20-something other factions to have a good time in this meta, you might just need to be bad. In fairness, it's like 17 or like 18 other factions. Some of those factions are so shit that you could murder the top for like 18 straight months and they'll still be garbage. Oh yeah, but you can bring up the bottoms as well. You can. They've chosen to do that never since I've played, but so far... <laughs> I mean, they did that multiple times with data slates and point adjustments in ninth. I've never seen anyone go from being bottom to come up, right? Like Death Guard was just Necrons. Bad role of Necrons. Ninth. Necrons is but sisters. They Necrons didn't get fixed via slate; they got fixed via Marines for the most part, right? Yeah, but that was part of the changes because they also got point reductions. Yeah, mm -hmm. but like, how much did that actually matter if the secondaries weren't changed, right? Necrons were never a good army. You never got tabled by Necrons, right? You only got outscored by Necrons. But what I'm saying is, is that they have the same tools to pull on right now that they did before. They don't have secondaries they to don't. work on, but they <laughs> but they still have ways of changing how much you pull out on the table, how your army works. There are plenty of things that they can do to change that. Sorry. Yeah, they're they just have, missing some of those tools, right? Yeah, but they have used one. multiple tools over the course of Ninth to bring up armies that were bottom tier and brought them to almost the top, if not the top. I think also one of the things we need to see is like what some of these early codexes look like a little bit like index hammers shit right now yeah. to be no, it's, it's not yeah, good. Really I'm, not, I'm not That's saying this not is good. Great. I'm just saying that like it's, they have plenty of resources at their disposal to make this work. It's unlikely that codexes change data sheets, right? They were pretty upfront about being like, these will have detachments in them. Um, I don't think that's true because a lot of stores were also told that they aren't doing more print runs of data sheets. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Codex data cards. That would be better. That would, it, it gives them an opportunity money, to undo like then that two basically says knobs. the ones that are currently written, which we know because of print schedules, they're whatever is coming out this fall and probably winter already went to the printers. That's true. Yeah. Won't change. Yeah, like I don't like yes, you can give jeans. That's not the fuck is that going to do? <laughs> okay. Oh, there was a lot of rubber banding there. I'm not even sure if I got what Anthony said. I oh. did not get what you said. You want to repeat yourself there, Anthony? I, I said you can give Gene Steeler Cult a new detachment, but like, what the fuck is that going to do? Like, sure. I mean, you kind of have to hope that GW sees this, sees that maybe it's not fixable by points and tries to slap in some emergency rules modifications and said they have done that like I think once or twice in eighth edition they did an emergency patch where they changed rules for armies Just, yeah mm -hmm. so they could do it again and hopefully that happens 
Yeah. Um, like that's just what you have to do is hope that GW fixes what's wrong with the game right now. And we just don't know beyond the first kind of like attempt in 10th edition, if they're going to be able to successfully do that. And I'm not saying it's great to respond to Goltis John, who was like being bad. You can only, if you can't be balanced, you have to be bad. Like, I'm not saying that's a great philosophy to need to take for balance, but sometimes you have to pick whether you want 80% of your, your player base to be happy or just 20% of your player base to be happy. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, letters well, they have access to. It's just a matter of, like, how much they, like, actually hit them. We'll see. I mean, we, <clears throat> we know that they pay attention. We know that they're going to be around. We know that they're watching. They have incentive to make sure that this edition does well. Um, one of the things that we were being talked about in one of my other local discords is, like, they are very solid. They are very interested in expanding their IP and expanding their reach. You know, that shows the work that they're... or however the exactly is working, but the partnership with um, Mr. Golden Boy himself, as well as um, looking at, you know, more media enterprises, but at the end of the day, it's to bring people into the game. And if the game is not enjoyable for people, then they are going to fail in that. So they have incentive oh. to make sure the game is enjoyable. I mean, that's the trick, right? Is that like the at the top end, supposedly, they're like, well, we're not even really a game company. It's just upside that there's a game here. That's an, old, that's, an, that's an old adage. That's back from when Kirby was in charge. Okay. I mean, if that doesn't exist, that's dope. Um, My understanding is that very much went away with um, uh, when, when Roundtree stepped in. But I, I don't know the inter inner workings of GW. I just know yeah. that that was something that was, that was associated with Kirby when he was in charge. Yeah. Um, I think it's as far as this goes, David, um, David asked, do you think that the points on towering was adequate for the mechanic, given what we're chatting about? I do not. Um, that mechanic just like fucks the game sideways when it comes up. And yep. then when it doesn't, it might as well not be there. But the onus shouldn't be on TOs to remove one of the mechanics from the game by changing all the terrain in their place. Um, like it just, they just fucked that up. Like that needed mechanical change, not points. Um, Cause there's no like, price you can pay for i always see you and get to shoot you with the only guns in the game that have been like scaled up it's like <laughs> what are we doing <laughs> well some of the guns are scaled up yeah yeah but like across for the most part the night weapons got largely better right yes. like getting shot by a castigator or a crusader or xyz a fucking perforian like it all sucks <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that it just happens to you with little to nothing you can do about it is rough. Um, yeah, I that again, that's a great example of something that needed like a mechanical change, not a point change. And I'm real nervous about them moving from like mechanical changes every three months and then points every six to the inverse because it seems very difficult to balance things better that way. They Part may also that, see yeah. that they need to do both at the same time. Sure. And if they that, if they deviate from their plan, then we're probably okay. Right. Part of that is definitely biased because of how mechanically problematic 10th is and how generally 9th you would just like play whack-a-mole with the little things and it would mostly work. Mm -hmm. But like... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I will say like 
I've enjoyed my games of 10th, but I've also played top end armies. So like the tactical things and stuff like that are more enjoyable because of those. Like I like the idea of some of the stuff that's in the game. I just wish that it had come along with some competitive balance. That's yeah. all. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like when the armies on the table are evenly matched power wise, you actually have really fun and interesting games. I don't feel Prob- that way at all at the top end. Like, if you play the S tier into each other, it's just both of you being like, oh, fucking Christ, really? That's a thing you can do for like two and a half hours. Or actually, that's not true. That was an exaggeration. It's about an hour and a half, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the games are shorter in some ways. Like, sometimes. there's definitely less rerolls over the course of a Warhammer game. Because units because there's fewer alive. models alive. Yeah, you stop on two. There's way less rerolls. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was gonna go to questions, but our Discord is having a problem. Uh yeah. Discord as a whole, if <laughs> anyone is paying attention, is, is just losing its mind. So I don't know. We should have like screenshotted the questions, I guess. Um I guess... yeah. If you're in our Discord and you ask a question, drop them in, in here. <laughs> yeah, drop them in our comments instead. Um what i don't know it's been a year guys to get off of the 10th edition sad train for a minute yeah uh how do you feel about being a year into the podcast not sense that we are doing i mean the podcast stuff has been good our community is great i'm thrilled that we we're able to like grow and cultivate it um mm-hmm. it'll be dope when i finally make the switch to d4 and after wdc to have people to play with seasons the kickoff yeah. seasons make me sad actually the kick off a week before <laughs> the kick off a week before uh list yeah. lock for wtc i am so sad i mean i got back from our practice weekend this weekend and resub to wow like if that gives you an idea of the state of things Dang. just 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 come run helltide with me instead ah, havoc so much fun like speaking of well-designed things god that class was so dope they did such a good job with that mm. let me some demon honey i'm I'm having a blast with every aspect about Diablo 4, except for, like, the PvP stuff, which I think... Oh, I, I, I pretend the PvP is... stuff doesn't exist, because I went into a PvP area once, tried to do an altar, and a level 100 just came by and went, Womp, and I was like... Yeah, I literally, really... like, dead-ass sprinted through on a horse to get the altars, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, still yeah. ended up fighting two people, and basically running away the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, action RPG games aren't built to play PvP in them. They're in there for the nostalgia factor from, like, the rosy goggled nerds. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I've had the most fun playing a druid in that game. Like, Anthony gave me the suggestion of, why aren't you playing druid, Nathan? And then I went and played druid, and it is by far the best time that I've had with, like, a Diablo 4 class so far. I just... I just want to say we I was talking about a stat and then I realized we got completely derailed and in my typical ADHD mashing is now back in my head. If I don't talk about it, it's gonna go away. Dude. So we were talking earlier. We will get back to D4 right after this, I promise. <laughs> and we'll also answer Ella Weasel's Discord question. But yes. so we were having a chat the other uh, the other day in one of my Discords about um whether 10th is having an influence on event completions and whether players are actually finishing the events because you know they're enjoying themselves or they're having a good day. Now we have a limited amount of data so far. We have about 25, I think, events so far. 1,000 players, 997 to be exact, um, which is a paltry amount compared to what we have in the ninth edition database. The ninth edition database has 34,000 player entries. 
In ninth edition, an event on average was played out to 89.5%. So what I mean by that number is that um, if you have a five-round event, 89.5% of players played an average of five rounds, which means that you know you had 11% of it. In terms of actually finishing an event, 69% of people finish events, hmm. which is actually a lower number than I expected. Yeah. Um, and I actually am going to go through and dig into that number a little bit more because the number seems very weird. Um, but it seems like, oh, I know why. Never mind. I'm going to take that back. Uh, LVO screws everything up. Ah. Uh, uh. LVO, all of the top cut events screw things up. So that's why it doesn't, that's why, that's why it's not making sense. The, the other metric making more sense uh, being 89.5, as opposed to right now, those thousand players that we have for, for 10th, it's 96%. So more people are actually playing more of the games available within an event than they otherwise would have. Have we re have we seen a super a major yet though? No, we have not. Um, the first one will actually be Tacoma this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Also, show questions are working on my phone for some reason. So. Uh, <laughs> it must also, be. I think Sam just may have messaged me Facebook images of all of the show questions. <laughs> What a hero. Sam just did the same thing to me. <laughs> so thank you, Sam, for being a hero and screen capping like all of our show questions. Um, before we go into show questions, I guess I'm going to be the I'll be the person to do a really, really terrible scuff job at all the doing plugs. Our plugs. Um, so if you've made it all the way through uh, 38 minutes of us complaining and some of us waxing philosophic about Diablo 4 instead of about 40k and like a blurb about World of Warcraft, you must enjoy what we talk about, at least somewhat. Only 76 of you are watching right now live, which is kind of nice. Uh, if you have the opportunity and the ability to, we would love you love it if you joined our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash statcheck, where for $5 a month, you can get access to our Discord. You can also get access to a discount code for the Red Dragon, which is the sponsor of the show. You probably saw their amazing and way too good little bit at the beginning of our episode. <laughs> um, if you can't, for whatever reason, uh, that's perfectly fine as well. We don't expect everybody to join our Discord or our community um, on Discord. But if you could drop us a like or a comment or a subscription on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash C slash that check, that would be amazing and helps us with visibility and helps us get promoted in searches and stuff so that more people see our content uh there was something else that innis mentioned jeremy typist offer coaching oh yeah innocent uh, typist offer coaching which you can also get at stat check in the coaching tab um there's also other shows on our network which include x and one which is cliff and tim talking about dad hammer business and how to be successful at 40k while being super busy then there's also Enter the Matrix, which is Typhus's show where he talks basically about teams events exclusively, uh, like the Team Canada shirt that Jeremy's holding up right now. Uh, we will all basically minus Cliff be at WTC in like a few weeks, which will be wild, crazy business. Um, if you need even more WTC coverage, you can pop over to Contact Loss, where I've been interviewing the team members and captains of the top 10 placed WTC teams 
from last year's WTC event. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking to Team America, and also I think we're going to be recording with Team Sweden. So those will be fun things. Uh, other than that, we also have a new merchandise provider in the yes. UK through Salt Etsy, Games. which is Brian Gate. What's and the link is? Can you? We'll put the link to it in our. The link to comments. it is in the show description already. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so if you're located in the UK, check out Saltire Games. We've partnered with them to offer some branded merch. Um, they offer a whole bunch of different laser cut acrylic options, um, measuring tools, Battleshock tokens, OSIP moment tokens, things like that. Um, yeah, pretty. Uh, they are. They put together some pretty cool stuff, and I'm definitely going to have Innis bring me some at WTC. Nice. Does anybody else have anything we should plug? Uh. Come did say you, hi in Tacoma. Did you plug the Saltair Games thing? That's what we just did. Just yeah. did that, right? Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. We're just like extra scuffed because I practice this even less than Innis does. And Innis actually has notes in front of him, and I definitely didn't think that far ahead. Yep. Oh, the um, notes are pinned in RO. Yeah, <laughs> <chat> works. <laughs> I don't think I also I tried using Innis's notes once and I can't read his handwriting super All well. Right, we need to type those out then. Oh, we I don't know. Scuff, scuff plugs it's are part fine. of the thing. People um, say you want us to plug your wedding, Evader. Yeah, go to Evader's wedding wherever it is. Um, congratulations. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know because now a bunch of 40 caners are going to show up at your wedding because they're going to look it up on Google and just be like, well, stat checks that I could come. Yep. So, congratulations on your extra guests. Um, <laughs> Godspeed. Uh, and I guess, oh, did we also plug Red Dragon? Yes, we plugged Red Dragon at the first yep. bit. I promise. <laughs> Uh, I want to toss a plug out there for a friend of mine. So this was one of the people that I was working alongside for uh, when I was at Kansas City. Um, he is running a GT in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, Freedom USA, as he has put it in his message to me, it is a 100-person 40K GT and a 60-person Sigmar GT, as well as 30 people for Kill Team and an unlimited Apocalypse table. Um, and uh, But yeah, 40K is what they're focusing on, and they're hoping that GW... You know, makes the game fun by then um, yeah doug is a absolutely wonderful person he was uh heading up most of the singles at kc uh, and he was just a lovely person to work with and he has been in touch with me ever since then so just want to give that a shout uh so the event is actually called because i should actually give the name of it uh i scrolled away because i'm an idiot uh, is the gateway open Our chat in YouTube, by the way, is like a feature, not a bug. So if you ever do watch or listening to this via podcast, you should at least watch like occasional episodes on YouTube because the chat is ridiculous and hilarious. <laughs> um, and you can also see us accidentally react to it and laugh quite often. Uh, do we want to pause for like five seconds? So we have a spot to insert the ad and then do questions. Well, just put the ad in and then that does it. Oh, well, fine. Just huh. do that. Yeah, fuck you, future editing, Jeremy. Bye-bye. Be right back in like 10 seconds. Every single time. Oh, God. Cultist Chan. For fuck's sake. Get out. It's amazing. But also, that that thing goes way too hard. 
every single time. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching like a video, like a triple A budget video game, like logo for the like, a video game being produced or yeah. something like that. It's great. Now our chat is talking about the bunker list, which never mind. All right. Show questions, not me getting distracted by ADHD, I promise. All right, the first question is from Dan F., who asked a question before I got the thread up, which is, what has everyone's favorite in-game moment of 10th been so far? Mine was definitely Mazrog Skagbad. Freaking... Yes. <laughs> anything to do with that guy is amazing <laughs> he is the baddest of men or orcs i guess in this case but he definitely took a charge from a lancer and then killed the lancer and then took just 16 wounds off of canis oh. lancer, lancer knight not lancer yeah Space knight lancer box. he took a knight like... lancer from <laughs> top to zero um absorbing it on the charge with taking like two damage i think total because of his feel no pain and then so spiky canis killed him and then took 16 wounds on the clap from fight on death so (laughs) masrog skagbad is a bad bad man and probably deserves a theme song for every time he commits to a charge or something yeah like bad 80s rock music yeah 100 percent I think for me, my favorite moment of 10th was not in a game, but rather when I was talking with an orc player who was coming back to the game about what Gretchen and Zodgrod do. Because I just put the very silly idea in his head of running 20 Gretchen, two Runt Herds, and Zodgrod and running them at their opponent running them at the opponent on the watcher and be like, try to kill this. What does because Zodgrod do? Zodgrod makes the unit minus one to wound. Okay. Uh, Gretchen have a rule. Well, Gretchen have runt herds in the unit, which are T5. Uh, <laughs> you use their Gretchen do have a special rule where so long as there is at least one Gretchen in the unit, um, the unit is T2, is considered to be T2 for the purposes of ranged attacks. But not melee attacks. <laughs> so you scout move them advance them, and charge with them, and just tag everything in your opponent's army and say, kill me, I'm T5 minus 1 to wound with a 5-up invuln. And the look on his face as that silly, silly idea, and I said, it's a very bad idea if you go second, because they just die, because yeah. shooting is very lethal right now. Um, but it was very it was very fun as he was just cackling at the idea of Zodgrod running and poking his stick at the, at the Gretchen behind them. <laughs> eh, boy... <laughs> immediately the response from youtube chat is oh man melee definitely needs to be punished more <laughs> every day we drift further from god's light <laughs> the class no okay um, Nick K asks, "What one. do you think the odds are of are of another balance update with how Eldar and GSC are performing? Are we really waiting three months?" I don't think we'll wait three months. Um, <laughs> I fucking hope not. <laughs> and, and and the main reason that I will say this is that GW has often has has often committed to intervals for doing things regu- on the regular, and then thrown that interval out when something really bad happens. Case in yes. point, Harlequins last year. 
where they were like, let's hold up. Let's let's fix this right away. I hope the rules update is soon, but I hope it drops like the weekend of WTC. That'd be fucking hysterical. <laughs> um, Anthony, hmm? have you been paying attention to your captain's chat? Oh, yeah, I saw. To the emails that came out from War that's Masters? Not, that's not our problem. If it comes out after a certain date, it's like... No, but I if think... it comes out on July 28th... That's fine. That's close enough. Whatever. Who cares? I meant like... Big balance patch, day of event. No, no, no. Day of list Every... lock. Oh, oh, that would be funny too, but whatever. Just change a list. Whatever. Just have the captains vote for chaos. Oh, yeah. Most captains will embrace chaos. They do every time, and then they whine about it. Captain's <laughs> We're only saying this because we aren't the captains of our teams, right? Yeah, like, I'm not the captain. That's true. We're supposed to be members of them. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, Logan asks: With some tournaments creating their own balance decisions, is their data useful, or will it be discarded? It depends on what they do. And that. I am keeping a record of, and also this is just new edition itis more than anything else because people don't know what to do. But I'm keeping a record of what rules every single event uses. Um, and dumping them in our local in our in our backstage chats just to keep that flow going. But mm -hmm. so far, we haven't had any large events that have actually used significant deviations. Um, the only, in fact, there's only been two that have actually had like their own house rules, and that was the Alpine GT, which removed devastating wounds from Wraith Knights, uh, and uh technically salt city because they said you can you, we're using the fate dice change and not the point changes for everything else yep um but those are the only two that have actually done something different everything else has either been here's what was released or here's what you know the faq they, they released and we're going to use that um i think this weekend upcoming there's an event down in I don't know, somewhere in the States that's using like some true homebrew rules. And I will definitely have to assess what we do with that data. I mean, so far, like our backstage chat pretty much like looks at and then talks about anything that's kind of weird or different and then makes a decision about whether or not those things are included in our statistics or not. But in a way that's like transparent, like currently there are just six events in there, but we could add a tab for, changing the meta or changing a rule system to dashboard or something like that in the future if we decide to do it. If this becomes like a really common thing, we're not going to do it if it's just like one event out of 12 a week or something like that because that's just nonsense. Well, and especially if they're all using kind of their own rule sets. What we did for ninth was we actually had a special category where we just said other for meta where it was just and we didn't include it in the default filters. If you wanted to, you could go look at it. But like a good example of that was the Prog GT last year, which used, if I remember correctly, Crusher and the Leviathan book <laughs> yeah. and like, the Tyranid like Codex. And it was just like, please don't. Please don't do this. Uh, the next question is, what has been your favorite place to visit? Ooh. In general or for 40K? <laughs> I think in general. I'm choosing to say in general. That's what I'm going to say. Because <laughs> uh, the answer to that is Iceland. Ooh, that's I get to find that out in a couple weeks. You will. I mean, you'll have a very different experience than I had because I went in the winter, um, and yeah, Iceland is literally polar difference when you go <laughs> in the uh, 
in the summer versus the winter. I think mine's a tie between Spain and Thailand. Those were both just amazing places to visit. Um, both of those places sound amazing, but I would die of the heat. I spent two weeks in Thailand and I hated every minute of it, aside from when we were sitting on the on the beach. We went to Chiang Mai, which is up in the mountains, uh, which was where my wife was an exchange student. Um, oh, cool. And since it's up in the mountains, it's a lot cooler. It's still hot. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. Uh, still hot, but cooler. Um, yeah. Bangkok was oppressively hot, and I hated that city with a fiery passion after being there for a few days. <laughs> I, don't blame you. I don't. I know a lot of people that have been to Thailand because of Muay Thai, and I don't know anyone that's like spending time in Bangkok. Yeah, I just. I don't know. The food in both those places was amazing. I travel for food basically at this point. Museums are kind of all the same at a certain point. Like, sorry, folks. If I travel in Europe and I see museums, I've seen 50 pictures of Jesus all painted in oils. I don't need to see another 50 of them. I'd rather eat whatever super cool food is only made by like a monastery in the hills of the country or something like that. Oh. If you go to a museum in England, you get to see a bunch of other people's shit. So that part's pretty cool. It's true. <laughs> go to England to see the history of everyone else. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, Iceland's amazing. Um, gorgeous country. Super friendly locals. Um, food is pretty good. Uh, you have to try the hakal. The shark? No. <laughs> already had the event, so one half of the you-must-try-this things have already been done. Yeah, that was fine. We're good. Plenty. <laughs> you gotta try uh, everything at least once, right? No, you don't. No? Okay. Nope. Got stabbed, don't need to be shot. Like, it's a, you can you can just not do something. <laughs> I mean, okay. We can use a little bit of sensibility. We can be like a food. Yeah, we, you can. You must try most... Uh, you know what? The, the no. shark one probably doesn't fit under the... Because I was about to say most normal food, local foods, because yeah, that no. doesn't fit under that. No, it doesn't. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, probably Poland and Scotland so far. Belgium was also pretty dope. Um, England was fun, but that had way more to do with like the people than the things. I was kind of just like Coventry is just like we make stuff here now. This used to be a city, uh, so it upset the germans and they made it flat i don't it doesn't <laughs> it's less flat now but like yeah. you know um Jesus. so i'm brian i'm not trying fermented shark it's not happening bro um, it's not as bad as you actually think it is it's I, actually i'm sure it's worse than i expect it to be um and it's not like it's so strumming or something <laughs> ugh. uh anyway um yeah those two places have been great um places get bumps on like how dope they are when brian's there because when you do stuff with brian it's just like you 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 live a much more relaxed comfortable life so that's why all like when i take anna to europe now it has to include brian that's actually literally one of the rules she gave me <laughs> like we're not allowed to go somewhere in europe without her her emotional support brian um I love it. so yeah the next question is also from logan is summer or winter for me, it's winter, winter 100%. Winter. winter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Could you imagine living somewhere taking the cold? I love I love three people all above the snow line immediately say winter. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Jesus I can put Christ. on more layers. I can't take off more than this. 
Not unless I want to blind people with how pale I am during the. <laughs> yeah, but even then, like I, I'm uncomfortable in my skin naked in the heat. Yeah, that's reasonable too. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's fair. There's a whole layer of social anxiety that we could also go into. Um, my name is Jeff, who I assume is named Jeff. Uh, we we'll talked Jack. about reducing lethality before tenth debuted. If this remains an overarching goal, are there any factions that probably need nerfs, even if they don't currently have problematic win rates? Uh, most of them. Why? Uh, okay. Let's 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 approach this from the. I was gonna say custodes, maybe. Yeah, definitely tap. custodes. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'm not. I'm like not just being a sarcastic asshole like actually most of them like uh you could probably be good be okay with not changing death guard or leagues in terms of lethality sisters maybe probably like, sisters as well sisters you probably have to tap the infinite sixes on fate dice thing but <laughs> like jukari damage yeah jukari's fine i think yeah as they stay where they are i don't know like eh. like <laughs> But most of the top could probably use some kind of an adjustment. Anything um, that has a semblance of a chance winning a game and admech against vehicles would probably all need to come down if you want to have... I don't think even admech yeah. against vehicles needs to. Oh, no, I've watched admech just rip vehicles, like, actually in half. Like, that's not even a game if you let them do their thing. But, again... Let them do their thing. But it's not that hard to do their thing. Like I guess. Like, it does a shit... Like, Admech is fucking awful. But if you just put vehicle holes in front of Breachers, you get obliterated. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if you do that. <laughs> Please don't tap Votan. They're depressed enough as is. I was gonna say. I hope Votan go to Ballistic Skill 5 in the next balance update. Stop it. <laughs> um, Richard asks... Oh, well, that's not... Oh, there this is a question. First, he wanted to thank us for making content. And that he said that we are his favorite podcast, which I appreciate. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Um, in a local meta that is not overly competitive, what is the best way to try to improve aspects of your game without becoming too competitive, in quotation marks? For example, having a well-thought-out list or pre-measuring when most people in the local meta don't? I mean, that's pretty much it. Just build a list that has, like, some amount of synergy. The problem with this is broadly the problem that i have like with interacting with the like casual community in most aspects is that like there's no fucking way to know what's gonna set off like casual ted on the tuesday it's like did you take too many of a thing that bad touched him in fifth well even if they're not good now you're the asshole so it's really hard to see like to gauge what or where that is yeah and it's it's challenging too because there's always that element of and I've, I've, I've said this multiple times and i say this always to my locals you always need to make sure that you are clear with your expectations when playing games yeah but even setting expectations like that can still miss if two people have different definitions of bring a halfway competitive list yeah and like yeah. the other side of the coin too is like a lot of the times what you're dealing with with that sort of stuff in my experience anyway isn't that the person actually cares if the game is casual or competitive. They just want to be able to win it. <laughs> so, like, if you just beat them, you're just... Like, there was never a chance for this to have been... Whereas if you play it out and it's a five-point game, they're like, ooh, this was fun. Yeah. You can definitely go into games and just be like, I want to try to do this, right? Like, you can try to do 
skill and decision or technique based things. Like I would play games sometimes and I would be like, I want to do combat trickery in ninth, basically. Like I want to do the thing where I charge two units, like a character and a unit and like land equidistant between them and then pile into this. Cause I want to practice these combat tricks. So I get them in my brain. Basically you can always do stuff like that. Like practice different things and different scenarios like you can try to get stuff out of it by doing those kinds of things. Yeah. Yep. My favorite so far in 10th has been charging so that you block parts of your unit so that the other parts of that unit can go punch <laughs> something you didn't charge. Oh, yes. My declared three and successful 14. Fuck those guys over there. <laughs> I love it. Then just for fun. If you were going to race all the ground vehicles in 40k in an off road rally race, which one do you think would win? And all I picture for this is like that old cartoon from Hanna-Barbera where it's like a bunch of people like trying to blow each other up with cars while racing for some reason. But uh, so it says hover vehicles are allowed. Oh, yeah. it's got to be the Star Weaver then, right? Definitely. Tantalus. Why? It's too big. It's got to turn. Auto advances 12. Like transport and it, auto, it auto advances 12 is the rationale. Plus, it's got, that two, I love plus it's got that spiked prow, so it'll just ram your Void Weaver constantly. Yeah, just <laughs> get out of the way. Just move like next to a building. The Tantalus will have to use all of its 12 inches of movement to rotate. I, I love how three people proved their olds by remembering the title of that wacky race. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and personally, I think it is whatever orc vehicle is painted the most red. Damn it. Baby Stompas. Yep. It'd be the, the red Stompa that's like moving through reality so fast because the orcs believe it's the fastest. Yeah. No, actually, if anyone wants a really, really cute picture, they should go look at the baby Stompas that were posted in the WTC model approval uh, chat. In fact, I'm just going to pull them up because <laughs> these things are adorable. Where are they? Baby Stompas, baby Stompas, baby Stompas. Elowoozle, the problem is is that you all knew about a cartoon from like the 80s. That's why I decided you were old. That's all. You're old at heart if you know that cartoon. Sorry. Alright, I'm going to try to not crash Discord doing this because Discord started working for me again. I had to close it and open it again, which fixed all my problems. So the, the number one tech suggestion actually works. Yeah, yeah turning it off and on again. Yet. So you, you haven't... Hard. All right. <laughs> So this was a stompa that was submitted, along with baby stompas. Those are adorable. <laughs> are they being used as grots? Because those are they are Gretchen. Because they are Gretchen size. They are Gretchen height. So it is a stompa army. You have the mama. You have the you have the daddy stompa. You have the mama stompa, and then you have the little baby stompas. <laughs> I love everything about this. Oh man, I love that. Did that get approved, or do they hate fun? It got approved. Hell yeah! There was no way that uh, uh, there was no way that that could not be approved. <laughs> Fucking love it! I love everything about this. This makes me very happy. Things like this make the hobby worth it when the meta is shit. Yes. Yeah. Also, good morning, Adam Camilleri. The stats are definitely statting statily in a terrible way, but they're definitely doing it. They're doing it anyways. Yeah. Even yes. if we don't. The, want the modeling questions and approvals 2023 thread in the WTC Discord provides endless amusement from the that really isn't what you want it to be um modeling approval to you didn't read the rules to oh that's so cute yeah to wow you are really talented and i feel very very terrible as a hobbyist 
<laughs> I think it's important to always remember the wise wisdom of the dreadnought in the lake meme, where it doesn't matter how good your hobby is relative to others, but only that you put work into it and to be proud of your hobby no matter what it looks like, because you tried your best to get it done. Is the dreadnought in the lake because he got legends? Yes. Yeah, he definitely is Arthurian. Um uh JS asks, man, I don't know how to say his new name actually for his Discord title, but I have an RTT this week at my local high school and I'm taking Crimson Fists. Make Pedro great again. And he's hanging out with 10 Sternguard and a lieutenant with bolter discipline in a repulsor. I'm torn on giving them combi weapons or normal bolt rifles. Uh I think normal bolt rifles is just the play with Sternguard for the range. Yeah. yeah. Just play that. Oh yeah, you don't give them combi weapons. You yeah. give them the the Sternguard bolt rifle. I, I, it has every fucking keyword. Yep. It doesn't have all of them. It has <laughs> damn near. It's not twin linked. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Said somebody on the GW rules team. Challenge accepted. <laughs> it it kind of does, right? Like I do want to see a, a, a weapon that is precision, heavy assault, twin linked, rapid fire, something. Um, Devastating Wounds, and Melta. It's pretty close to that. It's missing, like, two of those. Well, the hilarious thing is is that when you look at the instruction sheet from Leviathan, the combi weapon had anti-vehicle 4-up and Melta 2 on it. Sure, it did. Because, from what I can tell, originally it was a combi Melta. <clears throat> and Meltas were anti-vehicle 4-up. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Call the Chan. I forgot sustained and lethal hits. Mm. Also, yeah, it's called the Vindicar rifle. <laughs> we're just going to move to the next question because we're hurting Anthony's feelings deeply. <laughs> uh, Nick K asks, what's the stat check tier list looking like right now? At least the S and A tiers. I don't think it's really that hard to determine. The S tiers are definitely Eldari and GSC. And then probably you can probably include like Imperial Knights, like right under them at like top of A, bottom of S. Uh, Thousand Suns are good. Yeah, I would say Thousand Suns, Knights, Necrons. No, DCM in the A. Yeah, D is still for Death Guard. Adam Camilleri. Sorry, the only tier for Death Guard is the lowest. No, tier. it's de they're definitely F tier at this point. Death Guard is great if you want your opponents to buy you drinks. True. So it's the Alcoholics Army. Yeah. Just put, um, like, one of my favorite opponents did at LVO, just put a shot, those, like, little plastic bottles that are, like, one shot of liquor, like, inside of your models, and then give it to your opponent when they die. Uh, you yeah. played Clifton, didn't you? I did. It was a great game. <laughs> uh, okay. Are, are eggs higher tier than GSC or Eldar? Like, no. generally... Well, what's their win rate? Eggs? And are they overrepresented on the breakfast table? Their win rate is terrible. They are they definitely overrepresented in all of cuisine. Omnipresent. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> are they overrepresented or are they just right? There are a lot of fucking question. chickens. So there are. There are. Did a we lot make of too many chickens? Depends well, on that's what, what we keep Seth around for, right? To lower the amount of birds. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, Seth. Um, all right. 
Jake B asks, are any of you tempted to run less competitive lists in a meta like this? Just kind of throwing your hands up and saying, screw it. I'm going to spam dreadnoughts or whatever. Kitley Kimmy, they're oval represented. Um, <laughs> I, if I was going to play singles right now, I would play. That is hilarious. Archon Rahal with one of the best ones, which is eggs are just a hammer in a meta full of bacon. Yeah. Um, if I was going to play singles right now, I would play 30 Aberrants and then list remaining divided by bomb acolyte squads. Because if the, if the meta is going to be a joke, at least I want to laugh. Um, signs, baby. Yeah, I just, whatever, you'll kill me eventually, maybe. And then on a four up that you may or may not kill me on, I may or may not come back. Who knows? Not me, not you. Fuck this. And this is an on, so he's not going to provide a summary of Death Watch and why they are good. But Anthony, if you want to, you can and feel comfortable doing it. Can you provide us with a two minute or less summary of Death Watch and why they are good? Uh, they do a whole lot of damage. They have great abilities to get around the board. Marines still have indirect. They're not really any different than they were like a week or two ago. You just have to find a couple points in your list, which are probably there somewhere from the thing, the other things that are just too cheap. You'll be okay. And then just because I just want to make this funny, uh, Jeremy, can you provide a two minute summary of world eaters and why they are good? Well, see, funny story about that. World Eaters won an RTT at my local this weekend. Um, <laughs> they went undefeated. They played into, uh, I don't actually remember what they played. Oh, they played Marines twice. And I don't remember who their first match was. Was one of them Francois? No. No. Um, he did have a bit of pairing magic. Um <laughs> But yeah, he played Marines twice, uh, beat them both times. Um, yeah, one of them was playing Marines on Servo Skulls, which was very funny. Um, turns Servo out Servo Skulls you just in your mission pack. What are you doing? We were playing Warmasters missions. Servo Skulls in your mission pack. What are you doing? <laughs> I will say um, Chosen Battlefield is way worse than Servo Skulls. Which one is that? Player placed objectives. Ah, uh, yes. Where you place them before you choose table sides. Yeah, because uh, we played that on Sunday in my practice. But yeah, um, world leaders are—I don't know—they can be good. They can kill things, kind of, with melee. Angron is fun. They're more Chance like charging things is cool. Days. Yeah, uh, nibblers. World uh, nibblers. Uh, Dan F asked me if I can provide a two-minute summary of proteomics and proteogenomics. Uh, proteogenomics is just. Proteomics and genomics slam together, basically, where proteomics is the study of proteins and genomics is the study of transcription, uh, the expression of genes. So you take those two omics fields and they use them together to create more detailed data about how biological systems work. Uh, proteomics is the study of proteins, and that's what I do right now. I do top-down proteomics at work to do biomarker discovery. Uh, it's way better than bottom-up proteomics. And I hope I insulted some random person who's watching this who's a scientist. And good, because bottom-up proteomics is terrible. Uh, don't even get good post-translational modification data, you dummy. Um. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> you fucking fool. You <laughs> amateur <laughs> moron. <laughs> Gonna insult, like, one person randomly <laughs> who's watching this. Uh, my name is Jeff asks, what's the dumbest, weirdest data sheet decision? Vanguard veterans combining all their melee weapons into a strength five chainsword profile. 
Uh, GW keeping the Contemptor profile based on the out-of-production kit and not the new plastic kit they actually sell. Or Custode Sentinel Blades being damage one while Sisters of Silence have damaged two swords. Uh, do I have to pick out of those? No, you can pick a different one. Okay. What the fuck did you do to Exalted A-Bound? <laughs> <laughs> they have Deep Strike, man. They did that already. <laughs> no, That's not compensatory for what happened to them. <laughs> if there were 45 points a model, you wouldn't be complaining. I still would be complaining. Bro, those things... <laughs> World leaders could be allowed to play with like three and a half thousand points and still just be absolute garbage. <laughs> Reasonable. Uh... Dan F. has not a question, which I'm going to say on air because I think it's funny. Uh, David Gaylard, if you are listening, Desolation Marines and all Primaris cannot be transported in Rhinos. I don't know if that's correct or not, and I don't know why you're calling out David in particular. Here? But yeah, in here, well, in the show. I mean, David's watching, so you can call him out. <laughs> that very um, technically worked, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to skip uh, Morris's more of a on a scale of one to ten how broken are rate night still and he sent he put it with a picture of a rate night in like six pieces I'm uh, missing ahead. still more broken than that yep i think i told him earlier that if somebody collected the entire world's supply of wraith knights and threw them into a giant fire i wouldn't be sad yeah. don't breathe it yeah it's true some of those are 3d printed Toxic fumes will definitely get you. Uh, Typhus. I'm not... Oh, actually, I will. If you were to choose one character within the game that resembles each of the stat checkers the most, stat checkers, I don't like that, who would you choose? Wait, Karn. Oh. Bile. Ah. What did I get? You got Bile. <laughs> I don't know if I like that, but that's okay. Fine. <laughs> Accepted. I'm going to accept. And I can't choose one for myself. That's not right. Uh... Who's the Inquisitor in the big floaty chair? Karamazov. <laughs> there you go. Karaz Karamazov <laughs> is you. Good. There you go. <laughs> uh, wait, we've got to come up with one of her at a minimum here. Ennis? He's just the Nexus, right? Just that's him with Team Scotland, just trying to like. Man, apparently Adam and Sam are having a, a fight over which is better. Uh, dark elves, elves or wood elves? Dark elves. And the answer is dark elves. And this is the oh. old patriarch. Ooh, yeah, oh. actually. Is that really mean? <laughs> that is actually pretty mean. <laughs> But we're we're gonna move past it. We're just gonna move past it because we got so many questions left. Um, on a scale of one to ten, how much is eleven? You'd have to watch Spinal Tap to find that out. Well, it's eleven on a yeah. scale of one to ten. Mm -hmm. uh, da -da -da -da. Who's who, your favorite <laughs> silent film actor? I don't. Uh, who is the guy who used to do all the slapstick comedy? That guy, I guess. Chaplin. There we go. Uh, yeah. Because it's the only one whose name I can remember. I don't After a year of being on the show, have we not had cake yet? All right. If we do a live show from WTC, I will make sure we all have cake. 
Yes. Sick. Uh, boxers with boxy or briefs with brand. I don't know who. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that took me a second. I was surprised <laughs> you even read that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was funny. I still think it's a little funny. Well, that's um, the cold open now. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the life you live. I'm not even going to answer it because it's not even a question. It's just a statement. And uh, Brian forgot to put a question mark with it. Idiot. <laughs> How did entering Zabka for the first time change your life, Anthony? It was one of the best experiences of anything I've ever done. <laughs> no so further. For anyone unfamiliar with Zabka, what no, is it? No, 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 you can't. No. It's a secret. They can Google it if they want, but I have a feeling that Googling it won't give them the answer, but perfect. That's better. better. Um, if you had to choose between being the dead twin in a wraith night or the servitor that drives an iron strider, why does God not love us? <laughs> I think someone take, someone take his phone away from him, please. <laughs> that was a question from Innis in case. Ever, and I would choose to be the dead twin in a wraith night. You know what? Being a wraith construct doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, Why my not? twin's still alive. So things are pretty good. As opposed to a servitor, I'm a mind scrub nobody that has a, is a perpetual motion machine. Yeah. Everyone hates you if you are the dead twin in the wraith night, to be fair. So there's that. But as long as you're okay with that. Would you rather be universally hated or not known about at all? I'm not sure. I don't even understand DNF's question, so I'm just going to move on past it. Yep. Uh, I'm going to move no, past I know Typhus. exactly where that's coming from. I'm going to move past Typhus's question. Uh, did you ever, Logan asks, did you ever play Dreadnought? I assume the video game. And can we get a moment of silence as the server shut down and just hours ago? Oh, that is sad. I never played it, but that anytime a game server is shut down for the final time, except for when Star Wars finally goes, fuck you, Bioware. Um, kind of excited for that remake from bioware though which one they're remaking or somebody's remaking uh knights of the old republic oh that's cool i was talking about the online one the like the old um, republic yeah i got you one day that game will finally die mm -hmm. uh brendan does ask a good question but that's why i'm going to skip it <laughs> sam asks a question and it is a good question and i'm not gonna skip it because he was a champion of the show just a few minutes ago uh with goonhammer stats the reddit meta stat person and stat check is three separate stat collecting teams dedicated to 40k what makes you separate from the others and what do some of them do you'd like to do hmm it's... i guess i can i'll take the first part of this um one of the things that we're really benefited from and that will hopefully benefit a lot in 10th edition is that our partnership with Goonhammer is going to let us track some additional things. So together we will Voltron our way to a more complete picture of balance in 40k based on like maybe how tactical cards score and stuff like that and first turn advantage and things. Um, the Reddit meta person does a really good job of providing people with weekly stats and I don't want to sound negative, but I don't think that they quality control their data well enough. Um, but I definitely do wish that we had kind of the same level of outreach that they do, like within the Reddit and Warhammer competitive community, because they definitely do a good job like presenting the stats. And one of the reasons why I started writing a stats article for Frontline Gaming in the first place was that I saw a gap that was only partially addressed by the Reddit meta stats person. 
but I do think they're they're very dedicated to it. And I think if they did some more QC checks, they would be providing like an immediate like answer on Mondays. That would be a very good resource for people. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things is like the Meta Monday, he gets his stuff out very quickly. Um, but it comes with the caveat of you don't necessarily have the same amount of detail put into making sure that everything is accurate. Because um, one of the things that we're doing is we're adding additional detail every single level. And like this edition, we added regional tracking. We're probably going to start adding mission tracking if we can get that sorted out. Um, so people can, you know, look more, you know, dive deep into it because there's a lot of Warhammer being played. And sometimes it's nice to figure out if you play Servo Skulls, how fucked are you? Yep. Yeah, we're still building out the stats for 10th edition. And we're kind of excited to see where that goes. Uh, yeah. Sam asks a question, what's better, Chicago or New York style pizza? New York style. Chicago. No, I'm just kidding. The best pizza I've had is, was in New York, was at Prince Street Pizza, which isn't traditional New York style pizza, but is amazing and delicious. Yeah, I mean, it's New York. Like, Chicago pizza is present. <laughs> cruel but that's okay um it's the stat check international animal fight who wins the american bald eagle the canadian beaver the scottish unicorn or the polish white-tailed eagle and yes the unicorn is actually scotland's national animal i mean the scottish unicorn like their competitive scene outside of innis doesn't exist so doesn't get to participate in this fight or brian <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I got to do something, some kind of trash talk that will get me just sh stabbed at WTC. The, the American Eagle probably has guns, so I'm going to vote on that one. Yeah, the Beaver's already been a, built a fort, though. The Beaver probably has better health care, so it will survive its first round of injuries. As a general rule of thumb, most of... <laughs> yeah, the, the Bald Eagle just gets its <laughs> neck snapped by Seth. <laughs> Me and Brian are apparently gonna is gonna throw down. <laughs> you just you just signed up to get twentyed in round one on the grudge and war masters. That's fine. I'll grudge Brian. I like Brian actually quite a bit. So I does the eagle have ninth or tenth edition fly? Ah, <laughs> that affects both the white-tailed eagle and the American bald eagle. Um, I actually don't think that American bald eagles are like particularly great birds. Sorry, American mm -hmm. bald eagle fans. What and the unicorn's mounted, a... so it can't go through walls. What makes something a great bird? We'll talk about it later. We're not going <laughs> to okay. talk about it now. I just can't do it. I can't. No. Uh, should they consider pointing GSC as an elite army? The respawnability keeps their army flavor. They would also have to go after data sheets. It'd be funny if they priced all of those things at like three respawns. I think they would still be amazing. It just, it just doesn't matter that they respawn. I can't say this enough. Like, <laughs> it, it so doesn't do anything. <laughs> like, when you just die, the fact that you may or may not kill that unit afterwards, and even if it comes back, like, that's irrelevant. You're already gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're already dead. The battlefield is empty. All the objectives are held by your opponent. Yeah. Stop worrying about, like, that you got to kill 5,000 points of GSC. is so broken. Like, he killed 2,000 points of your army, and that means the game's over now. Uh, Will asks, calling back to his super chat, 
uh, which I just maybe may have missed. What's an average size of event that Statric considers? Is overrep as useful if a top 10 covers nearly half of the event instead of the top 20% of players? So because we, I think overrep is, we only cover overrep in top fours, which are people who could have won an event essentially for the most mm -hmm. part. Um, and the reason why we do it is because the top four covers any faction that could have potentially won an event minus some pairing or mission luck, essentially. Or maybe somebody just gets dice real hard and they're like to get podium game. But there is definitely something to be said about looking at like the top 20% of players or fractioning players some more to look at some of those. But we consider every five plus round 25 plus person event as part of our numbers. Mm hmm. Uh, in terms of average event size, that's about 60 people. Thanks, bud. But yeah, I guess that'd be something we could look at. We could take a look at some of the data and to see if um, what some of the win rate stuff looks at, like if you start fractioning the data into different distributions, I guess. Dissimilar from GT experience, but more looking at overall performance, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ignore Innes' comments because they just keep getting more and more, like, sleep-deprived. Un unhinged. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy asks, how do you save Grey Knights? I don't think 25% is accurate, but I also don't think they have the tools to break 40k currently. I think some point reductions, and they're actually in a decent spot. They have good mobility. They have not terrible damage. They're just a bit too pricey. For who? Grey Knights. Grey Knights. Oh. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely too expensive. Um... Like also the amount strength, you pay for a marine body is strength real six. Rough. The army is also not ideal. All right. Uh, Eric asks a question. It's also Cultist Chen in the chat. Um, do you feel that there is a difference to the health of the game between different kinds of broken factions? I.e., is it more harmful to the game if a commonly owned slash easy to play faction, knights or eldar, like custodies were probably? has a high win rate, but maybe doesn't place top fours often versus a rarely played faction. I'm assuming they mean like Harleys were at like the beginning of ninth, early eighth, uh, placing high often, but not being encountered by typical players very often. I mean, I think that's their cult for most of ninth. I think they're, I think that's less problematic. I don't think it's not problematic, which is what people that play those factions will tell you. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's definitely less problematic than when like Marines or something like that is good. Yeah, it's either way, it's an issue. I think it's more excusable when it's somebody, something that's played by like six people, like Harlequins were initially, mm, until they, they got played by everybody because Void Weaver's spam was incredibly easy to collect. Yeah, because that happened in about two weeks of release. Yeah. So, like, I mean, even then, that wasn't like that common right no 6% of the meta was harlequins like it wasn't a huge amount but it was still a meta skewing amount to the point where you like you looked at adepticon and were like <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah, like the top 10 was like 10 10 harlequin players basically well, not quite but yeah it was, it was yeah bad. and that's the thing like as soon as you break that like 5% threshold for an army that's really strong you start just seeing them winning almost everything or top fouring almost everywhere yep is it better for the best factions to be hard to play versus simple to play? I think it makes almost no difference. 
Yeah, I don't really think because skill expression is going to be is going to is going to come through one way or the other. If you have two top players playing each other and their armies are equally easy to play, then it comes down to raw skill. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it really matters. And then, uh, what is your favorite third-party model line for 40k? There's one that's like nids made out of mech shit. That's really fucking cool. That's from the Maker's Cult. Yeah, they make. Yeah, pretty it much anything game. Maker's Cult does is really amazing. Yeah. There's an Eldar line that was kickstarted. That's really great because they have some like amazing helmets that I love a lot. Where yeah. the Eldar look especially alien and kind of frightening. I like those ones a lot. I'll remember what they're called later, probably at the end of the show. Uh, Paul, Paul asks, quick, while Innis isn't here, can people say something nice about elves? Um, I mean, I really like every non-Craft World Eldar like, setup. And even then, Yanari is really cool. I want to like Yanari just like a shitload. That should be like my favorite faction in the game. It just hasn't been. Um, but you know, maybe one day. I do love it. update. I think my favorite lore thing of all time though in 40k is definitely Yvrain in one book undoing the Rubicon on some thousand suns in front of uh Aramon. Aramon. Undoing yeah. it killing the revived confused Rubrikai and then basically like trolling Armon with how easy it was to do. Yeah, it's fucked up. It was like, oh, you couldn't undo this simple bullshit and then just murdering some re revived Rubrikai. It was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, who wins? Sprue Necrons or Sprue Crute or Sprute? So Sprons or Sprute? What? You have, to, have look to look at the picture. Some, some, someone made, made crude out of sprues, just like people often make necrons oh, out of sprues. I, I actually see. really like the the, uh, the sprute. I like the sprute as well. I think they're better than this, the sprons. Yeah. Uh, da -da -da -da. Adrian asks, have you seen any 3x6 crisis suit list with 100% ion yet in 10th? I think it's a Thinking really fast way to kill your army. Well, you don't have to overcharge. Sure. <laughs> Are they two damage before overcharging or only no, after overcharging? After. And, they're only, and they're only AP one if you don't overcharge them. They're also only Oof, strength duh. seven. We can keep doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, you need to overcharge them. But there are arguments for running a brick of six with full with full sibs. Um, it's just <laughs> don't roll any ones. <laughs> Josiah Gaddle asks, I'm just starting in Warhammer 40k and selected on rule of cool Black Templar because they are illiterate space knights who hit things with swords in space. If you were just starting a melee heavy army, what would you focus on skills wise to become a better player until the meta improves for melee? Uh, your patience. Also, I love that summary of Black Templar is just illiterate space knights who hit things with swords in space. <laughs> My yeah. favorite. Um, I will also add because one of the things that a lot of players we, we've talked about this many 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 times on the cast um, but the mental game like being able to just deal with a bad game and not let it get to your head and make things worse sometimes you're just going to lose a game and 10th and when if you play a melee army quite often that's going to happen to you because of how things are currently structured yeah, sometimes you get scammed. Sometimes by dice, sometimes by Games Workshop's design decisions. 
Sometimes you lose at list building. Yep. Davin asks a question that's not really a question, so I'm not going to ask it, but I will acknowledge it. <laughs> cool. um, and then I've got another thing to tell David Gaylord, apparently, this time. No. Eric. No. <laughs> can, can, no you tell Dave, can you, you tell, tell David yourself. Gaylord? Interact in their comment section. Boost their fucking interactivity. <laughs> you fucks. Or I think you can probably, I think David's actually a member of our Discord or something, and you can just tag him. Uh, I know Vic is in there. I don't think David is. Oh, and tag to Vic to tell David. Just go telephone it that way instead. Just Jesus. tag Vic in your commentary. God, you monsters. <laughs> you can at people. They can block you, but you can at them if you want to be snarky at folks. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to end questions, because that's also apparently where questions end in our Discord. Um, I don't think I saw too many questions in chat. And I think we tried to, I mean, there's people asking about the Imperial Fist player that plays bunkers, but I think that person's trolling us with their battle reports. Uh, Adam Camilleri asks, who of you are playing Old World with me and what armies are you doing? Dark Elves. They get to be what good are, in one game. Have they put out the list of armies that they're doing in Old World yet? There's a I think core list of factions. I'll pull it up. I just assumed Dark Elves was one of them for what it's worth. I just can't remember. Main it... factions revealed back in May. So they are Empire of Man, Dwarf and Mountainholds, Kingdom of Bretonia, Wood Elf Realms, High Elf Realms, Orc and Goblin Tribes, Warriors of Chaos, Beastmen Brayherds, and Tomb Kings of Kemri. There are no oh, yeah. Dark Elves. No Dark Elves. If the Dark Elves are not in it, I would go with Wood Elves or Tomb Kings because I like those two miniature lines the most. Yeah, for me, it would be either Dwarven Mountain Holds or Beastman Brayherds. Fair. I do like Dwarves in Old World stuff. Like, that's the aesthetic of Dwarves that I like the most. Anthony, are you going to play Chaos? Just Oh, sorry. You do have oh, Dark Elves. Rule. You are going to have rules oh, for Dark Elves, Skaven, Vampire Counts, Demons of Chaos, Ogre Kingdoms, Lizardmen, and Chaos Dwarves. Oh, then there's it's Lizardmen. They're just not sorry. part of the initial launch. They're just going to have okay. rules to play with at the beginning. So if you have your old army, you can play with it. Sorry. Then it's Lizardmen or Skaven. Science Rats or my favorite Total War Army. Sorry, guys. Yeah, so the <laughs> core factions they, they clarified are the this is what we're going to tell the story with. But those guys also exist. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I just haven't been keeping up on old world stuff. And I like to taunt old world fans by saying it's just generic fantasy a lot. So it just amuses me. Uh, somebody asks, should Wraithguard just be spammed? And are double Wraith Knights still good? And the answer is both of those things can be true. I mean, they're better than most other armies. One of the biggest events of the weekend ran double Wraith Knight. Now, you also knew what the terrain was going to look like, so you recognize the double Wraith Knight would be very hard to counter. Um, and I think his toughest game was the Eldari Mirror. Uh, and then the finals, where double Lich Guard Necron gave him a run for his money, and then he rolled 29 mortals twice on the Wraith Guard or the Wraith Knight. Cool. Uh, cool. That book definitely. when I've been nerfed, by the way, Jeremy. <laughs> nerfed, definitely. No, I was just gonna say, a uh, special mention does go to Diogo Pita, former Team Canada member who ran twenty Wraith Guard and one Wraith Knight. It can be just good. Just run a Wraith army; it's fine. Like whatever. It does it look very good. nice. 
that index is full of good stuff. And as I would have been building lists for capital clash, I've been having a headache of making decisions because so much of that book is good that you could like grab random nonsense from forge world. And it, it's good. Like whatever, just bring warp hunters and stuff. And it's probably still good. Bring lynxes. Those are probably fine. Like whatever, just staple a bunch of data sheets together and it'll probably come out. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> on that note and that groan from anthony we will end this episode so thank you everyone for participating in our episode 52 yearly stat checkup where we stat checked up the stats and i told you that we're all sick like the meta um thanks anthony and jeremy for being here not thank you to Innes, who is currently in poland and couldn't be on our annual anniversary show i guess um do we have any other plugs or anything we want to get out of the way before I go through a scuffed version of the conclusion? Oh, uh, go to Patreon. If you join our Discord for $5 a month, you can get in on a TTS League, and we now have prize support, which is super cool. Uh, otherwise, that's it. I don't know. Have a nice weekend, week, whatever. Bye-bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com. Thank you.